The Koi Gig Pod. For me, it's difficult because if Chelsea aren't playing well or they need something to get someone to get them out of it, I don't think they have it. So I think they're in a difficult place. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Cheltenham Festival coverage on Off The Ball. With Boyle Sports. Epic Cheltenham. 18 plus gamble responsibly. See gamblingcare.ie. Cheltenham Day, one emotional win for Henry de Bromhead. I think that will loom large in the memory. A fairy tale send-off for Honeysuckle. Festival win number four for her. And then in terms of sheer sporting excellence, Constitution Hill more than lived up to the hype and the record-breaking odds. Unbackable favourite in the champion hurdle absolutely powered home in Presbury Cup terms Ireland 5 England 2 is where we are at the moment ominous start for English horses even in the first race the first 8 horses home all from Ireland which was the depth of quality in that race in particular happy to say John Duggan joins us from Cheltenham evening John evening Joe how are you Uh, look at you last man in the press box Got to do it, Joe. I've even got the Piggy Barnes cap, but I'm not going to show you that. I'm, I'm holding that for tomorrow for the lads in the AM shows, So, because uh, I, I promised them I'd wear a cap. Well, listen, I'll set my alarm to see that. <laughs> uh, so let's start with Honeysuckle in the Mare's Hurdle. This brings the curtain down on an extraordinary uh, career. Went off 9-4, to four, joint favourite. Rachel Blackmore very much on board. Their um, two careers forever linked. And uh, positioned in second throughout, John uh, tracked the front runner until the last. Love Envoie was the front runner who won at the festival last year. And Rachel's always been very good at getting Honeysuckle into a really good position in a race, generally second or third or fourth, and using her bears jumping. And coming down the hill, Queensbrook was going well on the outside. Love Envoie was going well. And Honeysuckle had just a push, but she's always had that little bit of an acceleration, a bit of a kick in her, in her armory to go around the bend and then pick up again. and But over two and a half miles, remember Honeysuckle had been winning over two miles in the champion hurdle races the last couple of years, but she was switched to this race because of the might of Constitution Hill. And they wanted to go out with a win, and they did. And the resolution that Honeysuckle showed up that hill to, for the fourth time to win was something else. And Rachel Blackmore was just exhausted. She was emotional, understandably so. Um, the Honeysuckle story in itself is... Is, is a great story because as you say they've been completely in simpatico the pair of them and they've been they caught the imagination of the country and, and the racing public as well uh, but then obviously it's hard to put into words I don't think words my words are certainly not um, big enough for to, to kind of convey what the feeling was really I was standing in the winner's enclosure just beside it and everybody everybody was cheering that rally from Honeysuckle up the hill to, to beat Love and Wa and win the Maris Hurdle. For Henry, really, for Henry de Bromhead, because um, last September he tragically lost his son, Jack, in a pony riding accident in Kerry. And Henry spoke afterwards uh, to the crowd and just thanked everybody for their well wishes and for the support and the love that he's received. And the love was really there today, Joe. And he spoke to me myself afterwards. And Look, it is a fairy tale story from a racing point of view, but more importantly, it was a, a great story to, to kind of, um, first of all, to be able to cheer Henry on and, and, and show him the love that we all feel from him. You know? Well, let's um, pause and hear from the two protagonists. So it's it's the thing of cliche on the television when a winning jockey and horse enters the enclosure and they say, well, what innovation? But in this instance, it was a genuinely um, heightened 
ovation. It, it, that very much came through on television. So we'll hear from Rachel Blackmore first of all. And uh, you managed to get a microphone in there amongst the masses and ask her how special. Uh, look, it was just an unbelievable day. Um, it's been an unbelievable journey with her. She's been incredible. Henry's done a sensational job with her. And like to get to finish like that, walk back in in Cheltenham, so special. If you think about it, four runs at Cheltenham, four wins. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Uh, but like, testament to Henry and the way he's trained her, to be honest. Uh, like to bring her back here every year um, and have her have her the way he has her. Like it's just unbelievable. Davy Roach's head lad as well. Like head lad and assistant trainer. He does a massive. He plays a massive role down in Knockin and um, yeah, and Coleman who looks after her and rides her out. And yeah, it's just it's a massive team effort. What was your feelings going into the race? Were you confident? Yeah, look, I was. Like, I have to be confident in her. It'd be very weird if I wasn't. So, yeah, look, it was brilliant. She got the job done. So that's Rachel Blackmore and then Henry de Bromhead speaking as well to John. Henry de Bromhead, I think when Rachel crossed the line, her emotions summed up all our emotions and yours, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. It was an incredible moment. You know, we were dreaming of a fairy tale ending. It, uh, sadly, you know, that doesn't always happen or it doesn't happen too often, but it was incredible. Um, yeah just the ride she gave her the way the mare knuckled down after the last love envoy really put it up to her but uh, it was incredible and then to see the reception she got and we got you know everyone's just showing their support to us with after what's happened to us with you know losing Jack and everything it's you know anytime we have a winner at any of these meetings the support we get is incredible and look not that you can depend on it but it's lovely when it makes things a little bit easier when it does happen it makes it uh, maybe one percent easier maybe yeah yeah point zero zero one you know but it's but like yeah you know it's uh someone said every time there's been two races run in jack's name and um we didn't win them but we won races on the same day and after we won each race this big rainbows appeared and i haven't seen it but someone said they sent me a photo there was a small little rainbow just behind rachel after she pulled up so we know he's always with us and uh yeah, it's really tough, but uh, like I say, as we said, these days can make, you know, they help a tiny bit. She's come here four times and won four times. She's got so much guts, that horse. Oh my God, she's just an incredible mare. Like, we were so blessed to have anything to do with her and, uh, yeah, privileged. Like, she's just, she's just a different league. Yeah, you know, she's so tough, so consistent. And, yeah, two mares hurdles, two champion hurdles. It's unbelievable. And just to finish, Rachel... Honeysuckle, I think they've caught the public's imagination, the pair of them. Oh, very much so. And how couldn't they? Two really tough, tenacious, amazing ladies. Um, you know, both so classy. You know, couldn't say enough about both of them. Well, on behalf of the Ball News Talk and all our listeners, well done. We really are so thrilled for you today. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. And thank you for all the support we've got. It's incredible. Henry de Bromhead there, I mean, I don't know how he's able to, you know, keep his composure and, and talk of Jack and you, you could hear the emotion threatening to come through there and, and um, yeah, 0.001%, I'd say, I'd say if even. Yes, I, I don't know if I can really add anything to what he said. I think what he said is speaks for itself and if you're not crying outside, Joe, you're crying inside. Yeah, no, it's desperately sad and, and you wish them well and uh, today was an amazing day for uh, the legacy, I suppose, of, of Honeysuckle. Is that 17 of 19 races, the, the two most recent losses, John? To what extent had they 
and nibbled away at people's confidence that that honeysuckle um, was uh, at this level still. A little bit, but not as much as it should have. So I think the results confirms that Honeysuckle had ran well in those two races that she lost just because she won everything. And then she turns up at a ferry house in December and she's on soft ground and she on her first run of the season, she gets beaten in a two and a half mile race. Not possibly on the ground that she would have wanted. I, even though it was soft ground today, I still think it was a better position for her to be in. And then she was second to state man who was second in the champion hurdle um, on her next run at Leopardstown. They had a right today. But when, you, when you're thinking about it, it is a mare's only race. So she's not running against the males. So therefore, when you think about it, if she's beaten the males to win two champion hurdles, if she's retaining some of her old ability in the mare's only race, she should be able to win that. And that's what happened today. You know. Uh, let's talk champion hurdle. Uh, I mean, I, I was struck in the build-up as, as one of those um, uh, people who, who tend to tune in predominantly to horse racing during Cheltenham uh, Constitution Hill was being talked about as borderline unbeatable record breaking odds I think 11 to 4 on uh, Nicky Henderson trained I mean at times we see these unbackable favourites uh, come uh, to grief somehow yeah uh, wow this was a performance this is airplane stuff and there's a weird start in that 1971 was the last time Joe that a horse won the supreme novices the novices race the year before and they went on to win the champion hurdle hadn't been done in 52 years and maybe there's something in that in terms of the suitability of a horse to do it back to back year to year and that Constitution Hill could do it so easily in the champion hurdle I win it by nine lengths it was all about well state man the Willie Mullins horse put it up to him and really Constitution Hill left state man in the dust there was a kind of a scary moment for Constitution Hill supporters at the very last hurdle and that he, he took off too soon he took off like a chaser and he um, nearly clipped the back of the hurdle but he didn't and then he came through like Nico de Boinville his jockey didn't even have to take the whip out Joe on this horse who I really hope now goes for the gold cup route because it's only ever been done once in the history of, of jumps racing that a horse has won the champion hurdle and the gold cup and that was Don Run, the Irish mayor back in 1986 and I just look at Constitution Hill and I think he's a chaser in the making and I really do hope they're brave enough now to go over fences and go for the gold cup in time because I think that's he's so good that and the interesting story about him is that Barry Garrity bought him as a six month old foal and spotted something in him and then has got a great relationship he used to ride for Nicky Henderson the trainer knows Michael Buckley the owner and uh, ended up with Nicky Henderson with Michael Buckley and, but Barry Garrity's had a huge role to play in the progression of Constitution Hill into this champion hurdle winning horse today uh, the day started with the Supreme Novices Hurdle. Much of the build-up was focused on uh, Fasal Vega. To what extent was the recent per performance indicative of, of, of something awry? And uh, Ruby Walsh, amongst others, said, I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. In the end, Fa- Fasal Vega jumped the last poorly and was pipped by Marine Nationale. And uh, the interview with the jockey, Michael O'Sullivan, caught the eye afterwards. Young Irishman, just out of uh, college. And he was very emotional. He was, he was thanking his parents and his grandparents. And you thought, oh, well, you know, really, you know, great day for him. But uh, the panel on ITV were effusive about how good he was. Uh, the trainer slash owner, also Irish, effusive about how good he was. And then he backed it up on 18 to 1, Jazzy Matty. So talk to us about Michael O'Sullivan. 23 years of age from Cork. As you say, he's got the, 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 I suppose, the racing background. His dad, William, rode a winner of the Fox Hunters here at Cheltenham in 1991. So 32 years ago, his dad rode a winner at Cheltenham for his uncle. And his cousin, Maxine, won a race here a few years ago on another 
um, horse in the fox hunters called it came to pass. So they're family from Cork. He's done animal science, did his degree, uh, didn't like a lot of jockeys. And I'm not saying in any way that this is in any way comparably negative. A lot of might be jockeys just have the bug. They want to get out of school at 16 and they want to just do it. Like Tony McCoy, Ruby Walsh, they were, you know, in their teenage years being champions. This guy decided I'm going to go to college, get my degree. He got a good leaving search, he told me, after the, the race and uh, and did his, his thing. And, and now is deciding to, okay, I'm going to go into this sphere now as a jockey. And he rode Marine Nationale. He hadn't ridden horse since December in the race. Mm-hmm. Horse never been beaten. Uh, really, really g- good speed on this horse. And uh, and as you say, I, I think the, the ice-cold nature of the ride was, was something that marks... The, sometimes you arrive in sport. And this guy arrived today as a new kid on the block with two mm. winners. The other race, he, he, he once again, he was headed and he came back up the hill to win. So he is a new kid on the block. And he, he with all sports stars, sometimes they arrive and who knows what his future will be. But if we look back at this guy in a few years' time and go, this is a really top guy in the weigh room. This was a day when he, he landed. Yeah, sure was. Michael O'Sullivan, remember the name. And even the um, trainer owner, Barry Connell, Barry Connell, former stockbroker. <laughs> uh, bit of a character. Um, and even in, in the post-race interview after Marine National won, he said, we had the best horse in the race, I've been saying it for months, and we had the best jockey in the race. Have a bit of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a man who's confident. He's, he's done well in his, uh, in his life, in his career, stockbroking, and then he was owning, and then he was um, he trainers, uh, training his horses. And uh, you know, I'm just going to go and train this horse myself. <laughs> yeah, well, get, the, get this jockey, get this young kid on it. It's like it's something out of one of these movies, Hollywood movies. You know, the young apprentice and the old, uh, the master. And there you go, John. I'm sure. And, you're and they're also they're also kind of outsiders as well, to a degree. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, Gordon Elliott did get off the mark, and, and Mullins got off the mark, and and, and that will be the uh, fabric of the week, I suppose, as opposed to Barry Connell. And on that point, you know. I'm sure you're chatting to people there and, and, and even English journalists in the press room are, are just picking up on, on the atmosphere. The Pressbury Cup is almost uh, uh, like irrelevant, a relic, foregone conclusion. And like the first race, the commentator on ITV is saying, oh, it's a one, two, three for Ireland. And then he's in, actually, hang on. <laughs> I'm looking at the replay, four, five, six. Uh, okay, the first eight horses home are Irish here. And you're thinking, well, this is beyond. Don't do this anymore, folks. Don't, don't do this press free cup. Don't uh, do this. <laughs> yeah, but there must be a sense amongst um, English journalists or, or the English fans. Or maybe racing doesn't work that way. Maybe it's, you know, they're, they, they're, they're Willie Mullen supporters. Even they might be English born. Maybe that's how it works. But there, there must be a sense over there of what is happening to English racing. And it's been the case for a good few years yeah. now. Uh, like 2015 was the last time they had more winners than Ireland. And that's, uh, you know, it's getting there. And it's not going to change anytime soon. I think it's like, it's a challenge to them. It's a challenge to what type of industry that they want to have. Do they want to have better prize money? Because um, we have significantly good prize money here in Ireland. Um, and like in the 80s, when we didn't have any winner there in 1989, all of our best horses were being sold to England. It's all a reflection of the economics of the country. Yeah to a degree as well and now what's happening is all the English and French uh, owners are sending their horses to William Mullins and Gordon Eddie. so Caldwell Construction who won the race Jazzy Matty they're like English uh, from, from what I know Al Fabiolo and the second winner the Arkle Chase um, they're not Irish people they're English uh, Simon Manier Isaac Swad so I think it's English and French so um, that's what's happening now because they see that the best jockeys the best trainers the best prize money is all based in Ireland and they're saying why don't we have a bit of that um, I think the people who go here to Cheltenham, um, you have a lot of people coming down from London. It's very well marketed. 
Um, you have over 60,000 people here a day. They're breaking all records in terms of attendance the last few years. So I don't think the people coming down here for the day, um, some of them not like purists, some of the more casual punters are here to have the crack and, and, and enjoy the biggest race and spectacle. They're not thinking as much about Irish English. Um, but if you're an English racing executive, as it were, you yeah. need to be looking at this seriously. Because uh, it's Punchestown away, as I keep on saying, Punchestown away. Yes, okay. Clock coming against us. You'll be on AM tomorrow, so you can talk in more depth. But give us a quick word on what you're looking at for in particular tomorrow. Um, I think three, to, to follow on your point, Joe, three quick stories. Six out of the seven favourites tomorrow are Irish trained. That's number one. Number two, the champion chases the feature. You have an Urgeman who won the race last year, a bit of a facile Vegas situation in that he ran flat the last time, but he won the race last year. And if he returns his best, he'll, he'll be hard to beat. Edward Stone is the young pretender, won the Arkle chase last year. And the third story really is that the bumper, which is a, always an Irish race, is um, got a favourite called A Dream to Share, who's been going to be ridden by John Gleeson, the son of the broadcaster Brian Gleeson, oh. down in Waterford, and he's doing his leaving this year. Okay. So it'd be a pretty great story if he won tomorrow. Okay, well, listen, your new Peaky Blinders hat will be unveiled tomorrow morning. So, I mean, what a day. What a day. I, I, you um, reached I, for it there. It's right there. I know it is. I, I just, yeah. I just, <laughs> it's, like, it's like Inspector Gadget with the arm. You, you just you never see the man. We, uh, we got to go. Thanks so much. All right, Joe. Mind Cheers. Yourself. John Duggan live at Cheltenham on AM tomorrow. And then uh, we'll check in with John again tomorrow evening. Cheltenham Festival coverage on Off The Ball. With Boyle Sports. Epic. Cheltenham. 18 plus gamble responsibly. See gamblingcare.ie.